Welcome to Buy, Sell, Hold, the sports car market podcast. Market experts and car friends for over 30 years, Keith Martin and Mark Green have come together through their mutual love for collector cars. Keith and Mark will take you on a ride into the collector car market, talking with industry experts, helping you navigate your collector car journey so that you know when to make your own decisions to buy, sell, or hold. I'm Mark Green from the Cars Yeah! podcast. And I'm Keith Martin from Sports Car Market Magazine. Welcome to Buy, Sell, Hold, the essence of collecting. This is show number four. Keith, how are you doing today? I'm having a great time, Mark. The sun is shining, and from my desk here, I can see Mount Hood. <laughs> well, you know what? You are a good influence, my friend, because literally, as you said that, the clouds parted. And the sun just came out here in Gig Harbor. So you are a massive influence. Uh, what are the right lottery numbers going to be tomorrow? That's what I'd like to know. Yeah, 26, 52, 13, and 11. Okay, there you go. Now we'll split go. it. Oh, you got it? Any yeah, other questions? Yeah, we'll both go by whatever <laughs> we want. Well, before we uh, have our guest on the show today, and we have somebody very special coming on the show today, a good friend of both of ours, I want to uh, ask Keith a little bit about this new acquisition. You may recall going back to his show with me on Cars Yeah that uh, – Keith talked at length about the stroke he dealt with and has been dealing with for the last year. He's making incredible comebacks, but he decided to reward himself on the one-year anniversary and go buy something that he could actually go out and drive because he's still working on that left leg, although he's getting a lot stronger with this. So he went out and bought what I'm now calling the Mighty Blue Volvo. So give us an update on how you're having fun with this old blue car. Well, first, Mark, you can call it the Mighty Blue Volvo, and we will call it Elf. Elf, yes. And, and why is that? It's a blue plate California car, and three of the letters on the plate are Elf. Yeah, nice. So Elf, this is what Elf has done. I would say that a Volvo 122 automatic was as low on the pecking pole of Volvos as you can possibly get, maybe below the pole. <laughs> it was unloved, and nobody cared. Now that I have purchased this car, I have become the cult hero of every Volvo automatic owner on the planet. I am sure you have. I get letters from them thanking me for pulling them out of their dungeon and making them heroes in their own car community. <laughs> well, you know, there's something special about this. And all the people that you and I come across, and we get to go to some pretty well-heeled events where there's some spectacular cars. But I had a guest years and years ago on my Cars You Have podcast who said, Mark, even if you only have $5,000, you can find an old classic car and you can find a car show that they'll let you in so that you can participate and take part. So you proved that. <laughs> well, about 10 years ago, it was the 75th anniversary of MG. And so I decided I would buy three MGBs for $5,000 each. And Donald Osborne, Miles Collier, John Dranius, and I drove them from Portland to Reno. And Miles Collier has Alpha 8C 2900s that are oh, worth... Yeah. <laughs> Even more than the MGB. I know it's hard to believe, but a it's little true. Bit more, yeah. But what Miles has talked to me a lot about, he said what he learned on that trip was that the value of the car had nothing to do with how much fun you were having. Yeah, fun factor. So tell us a little bit about the fun factor in this car. What what elements of this old blue Volvo, the elf? The elf. Yeah, that bring you fun, bring you joy, make you smile. Well, I'm in the 
process now of making it uh, trip ready. First of all, it's fast enough to keep up with modern traffic. And that's really all you ask of a car. You know, I see zero to 60 in 1.2 seconds and so forth. But if your car will go 70, it's a happy car. And when you're on a twisty road and you've got these little skinny tires, you're going as fast as you want to go and you don't need to be shifting. What What I'm doing with every car I own to make it road ready, I rebuild the suspension completely. I put in new shocks, uh, performance springs to lower it just a little bit, replace all the cooling hoses, replace the thermostat, make sure the heater fan works, the defroster works, the wipers work. I do everything possible to make the car so when it's a nice day like today, I can say, let's go take Elf and we can jump in the car and drive away. And have some fun. So I would guess based on the initial uh, investment level of this car, you're probably about doubling your investment once you do all these little <laughs> tricks and tips. Yeah. yeah. That's about right. Isn't that uh, ma- collector car math? Yeah. Well, yeah, it seems to be. I don't think there's any old car I've ever bought that didn't need an immediate five to $10,000 worth of something, especially if it had been sitting. You bring a smile to my face and you're bringing a smile to a lot of our listeners today because Again, I tell people, you don't have to be big time, big league, big wealth to enjoy this hobby. And this story uh, by our leader here, Keith Martin, who is the expert in, from Sports Car Market, he has just proved to you that you can go have fun with a, an old Volvo or anything. Yes. It's all about the fun, Mark. The, the cars create the fun. Absolutely. And you know, you've given us a wonderful piece of knowledge here and advice, and that is when you get an old car... Take the time, plan the budget to go through these things Keith talked about because it will make the driving experience so much more enjoyable. It'll make the car safer to drive, but also it won't leave you stranded. If you just hit on these touch points, uh, it just will make the whole experience better. And uh, having had your daughter, uh, Alex, on the show uh, talk about all the days she spent with you, maybe a few on the side of the road (laughs) fixing an old car that you've taken her and your son Bradley, of course. Uh, it's key. So uh, thank you, Keith, for reminding us that, you know what, don't let the money factor get in the way of having fun with cars. Exactly. Very cool. We'll be back in just a moment to talk with a very special guest. His name is Donald. You'll know who he is when we introduce him. But first, a very special offer from Keith's team at Sports Car Market Magazine. We'll be right back. Here's another buy, sell, hold special offer. Do you love knowing what the collector car market has done when it comes to values? Of course you do. The Sports Car Market Platinum Auction Database puts 31 years of auction results right at your fingertips on your mobile device or your computer, no matter where in the world you are. With nearly 300,000 records, that's right, 300,000, it has the information you need to make an informed decision on that oh-so-important classic or vintage vehicle purchase. You'll receive all this for a mere $5.50 a month. That's less than the cost of a sandwich. As a Buy, Sell, Hold podcast listener, use the code PLAT50, that's right, P-L-A-T-50, to get this special discount. Just go to sportscarmarket.com slash platinum50, and the cart will automatically discount your order. Plus, Platinum subscribers also receive access to the full library of back issues of Keith Martin's Insider's Guides, a valuable resource for anyone in the market for collector vehicles. That's sportscarmarket.com slash platinum50. Get your discount today. All right, we are back. So uh, who are we going to be talking with today, Keith? We're talking to a very, very good friend, someone I've known for a long, long time, Donald Osborne. 
Yes, the great Donald Osborne. Donald Osborne is an automotive consultant, a historian, an author, a Concord judge, a writer. He is so many things. As an accredited senior appraiser, member of the American Society of Appraisers, he has worked for clients across the world on the acquisition, sale, and valuation of classic vehicles. Traveling the U.S. and Europe, attending major events, rallies, auctions. Uh, if it's fun, Donald's been there doing it, especially if it's around cars. Donald was appointed Chief Executive Officer of Audrain LLC and is now leading all the company's nonprofit and for-profit initiatives overseeing the Audrain Automobile Museum, Audrain's Newport Concord Elegance, and Motor Week and Audrain Motorsport. What a new role. I can't wait to hear about that. No doubt you've seen Donald on CNBC's primetime television show, Jay Leno's Garage, where he co-hosts the Assess and Caress segment with Jay Leno. So, Donald, welcome to Buy, Sell, Hold. How are you doing today? I'm just doing terrifically, Mark. Good to be with you, Keith. And I'm very excited about this show. Great. We'll have some fun. Let's jump right in. If you were to describe the collector car market today in one word, what would that word be and why would you choose it? The word is healthy. 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 And I choose healthy because I think that it's a smart market. It's a maturing market. I could have also used the word maturing. That was another word that comes to mind when I think about today's market because it's smarter buyers looking at and seeking the cars they actually want. There are a lot of people out there with money to spend on cars, interesting classic cars and collect cars. I think has never been higher. Um, there are a lot of live auctions around. There are a lot of online auctions around, a lot of cars available, but people are taking their time doing their homework and looking at what for me as an appraiser certainly is the most important, looking at attributes of value. Why do they want that particular car? What is it about a particular car that turns them on and, wants, and, and, and makes them want to buy it? And they're not simply buying wildly. And I think that's a very healthy thing. So Donald, today we're going to talk about three cars that have passed through your life. And you can talk about those attributes of value. We're going to start by one you purchased, then we'll go to one you sold, and then one you would never let go of. Donald, let's start with the buy. Tell us about a year make and model of a vehicle that was very special to you. Share with us how you decided to buy the vehicle and what the purchase process was. Ah, it's a funny question because limiting it to three is sort of difficult for me. <laughs> um, but uh, I'd imagine that's, that's the way it is for, for many, if not most of your guests. But I'd probably have to say um, I'm going to do my latest buy because, you know, in, in the immortal words of the legendary poetess Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> and uh, so I, I think about my, my latest acquisition, which I know will amuse you to no end, Keith, a Ferrari 400i automatic. Uh-huh. And uh, the Ferrari 400i is a car that I've, I've, I've loved for a very long time. As both you and uh, Mark know, I'm sort of GT guy, GT sedan guy. You know, lots of people can lust after open two-seat sports cars with side curtains and Brooklyn's windscreens. And that's really nice, but it's not me. I love creature comforts. I love a car that's comfortable, fast, easy to drive, but also fun to drive when I want it to be fun. And the Ferrari 400 is also a car that fits into my wheelhouse because I love the, the cars that nobody else likes. Now, more people than ever like the Ferrari 400 now. It's, it's sort of 
coming on stream, as it were. But I, I've always wanted one. I've always loved the the classic uh, Pininfarina three box styling, very elegant, very nineteen seventies uh, and eighties. So I, I had the opportunity <laughs> recently to uh, to actually assist uh, my new boss in my new job at the Audrain uh, by a spectacular uh, Ferrari four hundred uh, i five speed manual at auction recently, and he owns this uh this automatic and i thought well he doesn't need two so if he buys the five speed then i'll buy the automatic from him and <laughs> so, uh, so i've i've done that and it's a terrific car you know it's one of those cars that that offers so many different experiences i mean those cars have as you both know a gm turbo hydromatic transmission and take my word for it there's nothing quite like the kickdown on a GM turbo hydromatic when it's mated to a 12 cylinder, a, a V12. It's, it's like, it's astonishing. I absolutely love it. Cool. Was it a complicated deal, Donald? It doesn't sound like it. Uh, it wasn't complicated at all, actually. <laughs> Thank God. The deal was um, he agreed to sell me the car for what he had in it. And I thought, well, I can't go wrong there because certainly he's owned the car for a while. So the market's moved a bit. And so I think uh, in, in the immortal uh, uh, words and terms of SCM, I would call my purchase well-bought. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to the second car, a car that we hope you'll call well-sold. Tell us about a car that you have sold uh, and, and why you sold it and whether you have regrets. Well, it's another example of a once unloved car, which suddenly the, the market began to appreciate. And that was my 1969 Lamborghini Islero. I always wanted one. I've always loved early Lamborghinis. And um, the 350s and 400s uh, quickly became too expensive for my budget. But I always loved the Islero, again, because of its very clean, conservative, sort of understated design. I had the chance uh, back before I was working in the car business. I was, of course, writing for Sports Car Market then. But I was on a business trip to San Francisco. I lived in New York at the time. I was on a business trip to San Francisco. And whenever I went, I had to go by my place of dreams, Fantasy Junction. And I stopped by and they had a beautiful light metallic green Islero there on the showroom floor. And I'd seen Isleros before, but I'd never driven one. I said, you yeah, know, hey, let, let me take this out for a drive. And so I did. And uh, of course, this is very funny because this car was owned by Richard Griot. So I drove the car and it was a miracle. We took it out into the, uh, the hills above uh, Emeryville and then came back to, uh, to the showroom uh, via the uh, 580 freeway. And I remember uh, turning <laughs> to uh, Spencer Turnery and I said, where should I get off the freeway? And he said, well, the next exit would be good. And it, I was in the middle lane and uh, there were a couple of school buses in the right lane beside me. He said, I said, well, can I make it? He said, sure. Just push the throttle down. I'm in fifth gear. I push the throttle down. The school buses disappear into my rearview mirror, and I get off the exit and said, oh, this is a car for me. Went back, looked at it. had a stack of receipts three inches thick, and I went through every one of those receipts and thought, hmm, this is interesting. The engine's never been apart. I said, I don't really want to do the valve job on this 12-cylinder car, so I'm going to pass. The asking price was $35,000, and I probably could have gotten it for about $29,000. So, I said, okay, fine. But I vowed. The next one I saw I was going to buy. Fast forward a couple of years, I saw another one for sale at the dealer of a, um, a friend of mine, um, Ed Waterman, down in Fort Lauderdale. And I saw it, 
advertised it had been a tremendous hurricane. And so all the power was out across Fort Lauderdale. As soon as the power came on, I hopped on the plane from New York, flew down, test drove the car, made an offer, bought the car. $59,000. I thought, well, I could have bought one for a lot less few years earlier, but that's okay. Loved the car, drove it on a bunch of thousand-mile rallies, took it to shows, really enjoyed the car very much, and then realized, okay, I need to move on. So I consigned it for sale at auction and uh, at Pebble Beach at Gooding and Company, and the car sold for a world record price for the model. Hang, hang on, no. what, what, was, what was the estimate on the car? What did they think it would sell for? Well, I'll tell you the entire story. The estimate on the car was 145 to 165 My reserve was 130 which I actually lowered to 125 the day before the auction because I knew there had been a lot of interest in it at the preview, so I know it would sell. And the car hammered at 185 Oh, <laughs> sold, sold, sold. Yeah, nice. <laughs> it doesn't sound like you were sad that you sold it, Donald. <laughs> I wasn't. I absolutely wasn't somehow. But, uh, but every now and then, I, I did get a chance. Uh, last year, Lamborghini celebrated the 50th anniversary of, or two years ago, 50th anniversary of the Islero and the Espada. And I went to an event in Italy where they had the cars, and we did a drive through Umbria and into Emilia. And I drove in Islero again for the first time since then. And I realized how much I missed driving in Islero. I'm not going to buy another one now, but it's a fantastic car. Wow. What an awesome story. They're beautiful cars. And uh, you probably were right to pass on that first one just because of the uh, <laughs> engine costs, as we all know. Uh, so there you go. You turned out, turned out to be well. Let's take a short break. Thank our sponsors. We have another nice little deal for you from the team at Sports Car Market. And we'll be right back. Here is one of the country's finest automotive events that you should not miss, the Amelia Island Concord Elegance. Now in its 25th year, this multi-day iconic event takes place March 5th through the 8th at the Ritz-Carlton on the beautiful Florida barrier island of Amelia. You'll enjoy seminars, road tours, an RM Sotheby's auction preview, silent auction, a delicious banquet dinner, the Porsche driving experience, and Saturday's cars and coffee at the Concours with over 450 incredible cars and inspiring people. Then there's Sunday's main event, the spectacular Amelia Island Concours d'Elegance, where you'll get to see 300 significantly historic vehicles. Roger Penske is this year's honoree, and there will be many past honorees attending who are the leaders and shakers in the automotive world. The Amelia Island Concours is a 501c nonprofit foundation that raises money for North Florida and many national charities. Learn more at ameliaconcours.org. That's ameliaconcours.org. And we'll see you there. I've been subscribing to Sports Car Market Magazine for decades, and it shows up like clockwork in my mailbox every month. But what about when I'm on the road? Did you know that digital subscriptions to Sports Car Market are just $2.50 a month when you sign up with the promo code DIGITAL50? That's less than a cup of coffee. You get 50% off regular price just for listening here to buy, sell, hold. Plus, digital subscribers receive instant access to a year's worth of back issues 
and the exclusive Insider's Guide, including the 2020 Insider's Guide to the beautiful Amelia Island Concourse and all the spring auctions as well. No more boredom while sitting at the airport or on your flight. To get your Sports Car Market digital subscription at this discount, go to sportscarmarket.com slash digital50. Your order will automatically get you the 50% off. What a deal. Go and sign up today at sportscarmarket.com slash digital50. So, Donald, we're back. I'd love to talk about that vehicle that you never let go. Uh, The car that just has a great memory for you, something really special. Maybe share some of the experiences about these vehicles. How did you find it or did it find you? Well, this is sort of a sad story. And, you know, I know your listeners don't want to hear tragic stories. They tune in to the SDM podcast, Buy, Sell, Hold, hear wonderful, uplifting stories, (laughs) I think. And the truth of the matter is, when people ask about the cars you hold, I am very much a serial collector, not Kellogg, but I'm a serial collector. I generally sell a car to buy a car, both financially and for the fact that I travel so much, I can't have a large collection because I'm not home enough to drive them. And undriven cars get unhappy very quickly, as we all know. So I will tell a story about a car that I bought, loved, sold, and bought back, and vowed never to sell again until I sold it. It was my 1967 Lancia Fulvia Sport, my Zagato Lancia Fulvia. A fabulous car, absolutely amazing, incredible to drive. It actually um, was the car, you know, you think about um, when the, the, the circumstances and the people that introduced you to your significant other. And this, this Fulvia also has a very important place in my life because it did sort of introduce me to a significant other, which is to say that Jay Leno and I had known each other for a while. Uh, he read my, my work in Sports Car Market. We met in Monterey. We we're actually both looking at a Fiat Topolino at an auction, which neither of us ended up buying. But uh, we were chatting about the uh, Fulvia Zagato, and he said he'd never driven a Fulvia. And I said, ah. Well, I've got to come on your um, your uh, web series, um, Jay Leno's Garage, to bring the car to Burbank and show you the car and tell you all about it and have you drive it. Yeah. And so I did. And that was the uh, web story that garnered, gosh, I can't remember how many hundreds of thousands of hits it made. And the comments were great. And so many of the comments were, gee, you guys have a great rapport. You should do a show together. And the the, uh, the idea that gave Jay the idea to ask me to join him on the uh, CNBC show when it came about. So awesome. the car was absolutely amazing. And I traded it uh, after I'd owned it for about four years and recommissioned it and, and did a, a, a light restoration on the car. I traded it for a 1953 Lancia Ardea, a car which I also really enjoyed. Uh, but I always regretted having sold the car. But I, I'd sold it to a, a friend who was a dealer. So I said, if you ever sell the car again, you have to sell it back to me. Mm-hmm. And he did. And so I thought, wow, I sat in the driver's seat, sat behind the wheel, turned the key. And I said, ah, oh, I'm home again. Yeah. You know, this is cool because I have this kind of funny saying that uh, old cars are kind of like old girlfriends. Uh, the memories are better than ever going back. And you just countered that whole thing. Let's talk about the first time you set the seat of that car and drove it. What was it like for you? Well, that's actually a funny story because when I bought it the first time, so the first time I saw the car was in the back of a friend's barn. He had bought it from the original owner. I was living in Pennsylvania at the time, and I, I kept seeing this car as a beautiful dark green 
coop. And uh, he said, well, you know, one day I'm going to do something with that. And he never got around to it. And so then he told me one day, you know, I think it's time for me to sell that car. I'm just going to give it a new paint job. I'm going to paint it red and put it on the market. I said, do not paint this car red. I'll, I'll buy it from you. And so I bought it from him and it had sat for a while. So I had uh, a great friend who is unfortunately now uh, passed away, who was a great launcher guru mechanic, one of the best in the country. He rebuilt the engine, massaged it a bit. I sent the uh, car up to a uh, restorer in upstate New York and he painted the car and they put it all back together. And I drove the car for the first time after I'd had it mechanically rebuilt and repainted. And it was every bit what I dreamed it to be. It was astonishing. I mean, to drive one of these cars is, is just wonderful. So, Donald, here's, here's a question that I designed specifically for you. Uh-oh. It's for you to tell us your thoughts on the perfect all-around collector car. Not the GTO, not the Porsche 550, the car that just works for you and does it all, that brings a smile to your face no matter what you're doing in it. What's the best all-around collector car? Well, Keith, I have to ask this question to sort of qualify it. Is it a car that I own or have owned or a car that I would want to own? You know, you can answer that any way you want, Donald. It, let's take it this way. If you were to go out and get one, what do you think it would be? Let's talk about you're going to acquire a car because you think it will tick all the boxes. What would that be? A Fiat Autovu. And why is that? I love, and I'm talking about the Fiat Autovu with the factory, quote, close quote, Rappi body. Right. I think that it's an amazing design. The concept of the car is astonishing. I love the idea of these brilliant Fiat engineers designing this V8 for an American market luxury car that gets canceled, but they say, this engine is too good to die. We have to build a car for this engine. And they do it, and the car is an amazing success. Fiat hasn't been uh, active as a manufacturer in racing since the 1920s, and they come back in racing in the mid-1950s, and actually the car wins races. Huh. Um, it's also a wonderful car to drive. Uh, it's comfortable. Uh, the suspension is amazing. It's got enough power to use on vintage rallies, tours, events, and on the highway today. And now, because people have really worked on the cars to, uh, to make it more reliable and a bit more powerful, it's a car you can use every day. So it's a car, if I had a one-car collection, it would be a Fiat Auto Vurapi. Nice. Of course, Donald's going to give us, Keith, something very, very different and unique, right? Of course. <laughs> So, Donald, let's talk briefly about today's market and how it has affected your business and how it has influenced what you're collecting these days. What is, how has the market impacted you? Well, it's quite interesting. Uh, without sounding at all arrogant or, or self-centered, which <laughs> some people have accused me of being for some strange reason. I have no idea why. I would like to say that the market has sort of come to me. I've always been somebody who has been interested in and attracted to cars that have very particular personality and very particular attributes. And there was a while when the market, uh, and we all remember this, the market was sort of one of, of lemmings. Gee, any car that ends in a vowel has got to be good, so I'll buy one of those. Right. It's red, so it's, it's rare. It's one of three with this engine, this color combination, and the AM radio. Those are not genuine attributes of value that have lasting 
importance to people in the market. Um, I think that the car market today is is following. People always made comparisons between the car market, classic car market, and the art market, and they're very different in many ways. However, I think that the car market today is behaving much more like the art market. And I think that's a good thing because you can say, well, what is a Picasso worth? You can buy a genuine Picasso for seven thousand dollars. You can buy a genuine Picasso for seven million dollars. One is a one-of-a-kind painting. One is a multiple etching, an edition of 300. They're both Picassos. Simply because it's a Picasso doesn't determine its price. Because it's a Henny Cuda, they're not all worth the same amount of money. Because it's a Ferrari Daytona, they're not all worth the same amount of money. Because it's a Buick Riviera, they're not all the same amount of money. And I think that it's one of those things that makes me feel better about the fact that in, in my work as an appraiser over the last 15 years, I have had to look at and evaluate cars in a way that identified the specific attributes of value compared to comparables in the market. And I have to say this, and, and, and this is definitely something that I want to give credit where credit is due. My eye as an appraiser was honed through the years of working as an auction analyst for sports car market. I would go to an auction and I'd look at 50, 100 cars and I'd look at them and see what it brought and then look at the other cars similar to those that sold and deliver an intelligent, rational, reasoned opinion on why this car sold at a different price than the other three, the last three that have sold of this example. And I think that's the kind of thinking that buyers are bringing to the market today. And I think it's really fantastic. Brilliant. It's fantastic. I would love for you to share a bit about this new role that you have at Audrain Automobile Museum uh, there in Newport. You've left the desert of Palm Springs. You've moved back east where you kind of started from, I guess, in a way. Uh, tell our listeners a bit about what you're doing there because I find it fascinating. I watched you at the uh, the first inaugural Audrain's Newport Concord Elegance, which was beautiful. So uh, tell us about this new part of your life, this new venture. Well, Mark, it really is quite extraordinary. It came about quite suddenly, and I've, all, I've, I've found in, in the last probably 10 years of my life that so much has happened for me that I haven't been looking for. The situations present themselves, and, um, and I'm able to take advantage of it, and for that, I'm very, very grateful. I have done many different things in my life, as you know and as Keith knows. I was an art major in high school, wanted to become a car designer went to college for opera, became an opera singer, worked in retailing, marketing, communications, advertising, television production, and came back to cars. And this role that I have with Audrain here in Newport combines absolutely everything that I've done. I've served on the boards of nonprofits, uh, symphony orchestras, opera companies, colleges, and I am now responsible for the Audrain Automobile Museum, a 501c3. Uh, working with the executive director, David DiMuzio, in curating shows and planning shows for the museum, which is very exciting. I've done a bit of that in my past as well, and that's very exciting. Doing community outreach to student groups, to local charities, which is very much aligned to what I've done in my work with the symphonies and opera companies and, and the colleges, and also working with the team putting together the Audrain Concours and Motor Week. Uh, I've been a consultant director to Concours in the past. I've been a judge. I've been an entrant. So this is also a very important part of what it is that I've done. Plus, uh, launching the new Audrain Motorsport, 
which is a membership club providing automotive experiences for our members, providing rallies, tours, track days, intimate conversations with important people in the collector car world around the country and in Europe. This just taps into the experience that I have uh, working with great people in the market and in the community like you, Mark, and, and with Keith, just bringing the connection that people have emotionally with cars to life. So it's, I'm really excited about it. And as you said, I've come back east after 10 years living in California. I'm a native New Yorker, born in Manhattan, grew up in New York City, lived my entire life in the Northeast before going out to California. And so I am in a way back home. And yeah. so it's terrific. <laughs> well, I've always said there is no such thing as luck. Luck is really when the crossroads of preparation and opportunity uh, come together. And that sounds like it's exactly what's happened with your life. You've been preparing for this your whole life, and no doubt there's going to be a lot more adventures for the great Donald Osborne moving forward. But we're both so happy for you, and it's so exciting and can't wait to see where you take all of this. You've taken us on an incredible ride today, Donald. I knew you would. Uh, a treasure trove of knowledge that you've shared today. I want to thank you for that. Before we let you go, could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance, I guess I should say, when it comes to buying, holding, or selling a collector car? Well, Mark and Keith, it, it's really about sort of what I just said. First of all, I think any buyer, any collector, has to figure out why they want to buy a particular car. The car has to speak to you emotionally in order to be the right car for you. And if it is the right car for you, if it speaks to you emotionally, and you find the car that fits all of your needs, the car that's going to take you to the places and let you meet the people that you want to meet and experience the car in the way you want to experience it, it doesn't matter if the day after you buy it, someone would only pay you 80% or 70% of what you paid. Because the car hasn't changed. The car still will deliver to you everything you wanted to. And that's the most important thing. When was the last time you took a great vacation and asked it to pay you back? It's the experiences that you gain that you love. That's how you should approach cars. I love that. I'm going to use that one on my wife. Can I, can I find that? <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderfully said. And uh, Keith, here you want to ask him about, um, and I'll edit this little part out, you want to ask him about where people can learn about Audrain, perhaps, or about him? Uh, yeah. So, Donald, if people want to learn more about Audrain, the Concours, the museum, motorsports, where do they go? Well, Keith, uh, you can go to audrainconcours.com to learn about the Motor Weekend Concours. You can go to audrainautomuseum.org to learn about the museum and our exhibitions that are running now and are upcoming this year and into next year. And Audrain Motorsport, you can go to audrainmotorsport.com and watch this space for great announcements about what's coming. I'll make sure, listeners, I put links to those on the show notes page. You can find everything Donald has shared today on the Sports Car Market website, or you can find it on the Cars Yow website. Better yet, if you're not already a subscriber, just use your little mobile device. Go to the podcast app, which is built into every mobile device these days. Search for carsyow.com, and you'll get both Cars Yow and this wonderful show, Buy, so, Buy, Sell, Hold. They'll both come to you automatically every week. Easy peasy. A lot of fun. Donald, thank you for being so generous as you always are with your time and expertise. I know you're about to head overseas. Safe travels to you, my friend. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you very much, Keith. I'm honored to be one of your first guests. Thank you. This has been great.
Hey, Mark Green here. If you love the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast, you'll want to listen to my Cars Yeah podcast, where over five years, I've interviewed over 1,475 inspiring automotive enthusiasts. You'll have free access to my guest shows five days a week. These are amazing people who share their world around cars, trucks, and motorcycles. I take a deep dive into their businesses, and they share with you how they've wrapped their passion for vehicles into their lives. Plus, go to the CarsYeah.com website and hit the free book button, and I'll email you my free filler-up book. It's an ebook filled with beautiful fuel filler fun, and inspiring quotes from my past guests. Once subscribed, you'll get my weekly blog as well. You can find all the Cars Yeah shows on CarsYeah.com or on any mobile device using your podcast app. Just search for Cars Yeah Podcast and subscribe today. That way you'll get both Buy, Sell, Hold with Keith and me and the Cars Yeah Podcast delivered right to your mobile device or your computer. Thanks for listening. We hope to have shed some light today on the collector car market. You can listen to all the Buy, Sell, Hold podcasts at sportscarmarket.com and carsyeah.com. You'll find hundreds of inspiring automotive enthusiasts on the Cars Yeah website as well. Be sure to log into sportscarmarket.com and subscribe to Keith's SCM weekly newsletter. You'll find digital issues, insider event guides, and price guides, along with our platinum database, column profiles, classifieds, and many other resources. Join Keith and Mark next week to hear from another automotive industry leader who will help you determine when to buy, sell, or hold.